0: G'day, you mob. What's the goss? What is going on, right? What's the gossip? What is your news? Welcome to this episode of The Goss, guys, where I sit down with my old man, my dad, Ian Smithson, and we chat about what's been happening in Australian news and elsewhere in the world. Today is the second part of of the episode that we recorded the other day, the first part being episode five. Um, Today, we talk about women's sport in Australia, as well as elsewhere in the world, uh, women's cricket and AFL, Australian Football League. We talk about that in Australia and how that is a burgeoning sport or couple of sports that are becoming more and more popular on TV and for women. You know, it's great to see them playing games like cricket and AFL, which were previously dominated by men in Australia. Furthermore, we talk about drug legalisation. Cannabis has recently become legal in Canberra, although federally it is still not legal. So, that's interesting. We talk about that for quite a bit and our opinions on the legalisation of all drugs. We talk about how orcas were seen in Port Phillip Bay for the first time in my dad's life. Okay. Orcas as in killer whales. They were seen, six of them, a pod of orcas in Port Phillip Bay. We talk about a wallaby that was found six kilometres out in the ocean. Right. And how on earth that happened. Right. What a swimmer. What a swimmer. And then lastly, we talk about how indigenous paintings in Western Australia are being dated using wasp nests. It's a very, very cool uh, scientific study that's come out dating these paintings using wasp nests as, I guess, the proxy, right? They're dating the wasp nests to work out the age of these ancient indigenous paintings. Anyway, guys, without any further ado, well, let's get into this episode of the Goss and give that kookaburra a cheeky kick. <laughs> Dad, Welcome back. Hey, Pete. How's it going? Hey, good. Yeah,
1: since we last spoke.
0: <laughs> that's it. So, it we- depends when this will be released, but we uh, it was uh, ending up to be a really, really big episode, so I thought I'd better Break it cut in. it in so, two. Yeah. Um, so, what else? You can think of anything else that's been going on in the news this week before um, we get into the stories
1: that I've got? Football started. Yeah, yeah. Australian rules football started with the <laughs> AFLW, the women's league, uh, yep. started last night. So uh, that's exciting because we go through this really intense period of sport over uh, early part of summer with the uh, tennis and cricket on, and then once the tennis finishes and the cricket starts to wind down, you end up with this period of nothing. And being a sports fanatic like I am, how <laughs> how is that going? Because back in the
0: day when you were my age or younger, it was obviously a very bloke orientated sport. There ugly. were no, f- yeah. there was no Significant female cricket or AFL. Oh, footy. Certainly,
1: when I was a kid, no girls or women played football. Was that even recreationally for like small clubs or anything? There no. was just no they. And yeah, then probably when you were younger, um, when that sort of Oz Kick, that little sort of you mm. know, thing, there would there would have been a few girls. Do you want to explain what Oz Kick is? Yeah, Oz Kick was this. It's sort of like um, a national organisation where all the sort of local football clubs would have a uh, one morning you know on a weekend they'd have all the little kids come around and they would do basically some skill stuff you know learn how to kick learn how to handball and then they'd have a game which you know when you've got a bunch of six and seven year olds running around that's literally what it is everybody just runs around chases the ball but it's it's good fun and so it's just a way of introducing little kids to the game and i suppose when you were doing it there might have been two or three girls and 200 boys and we all just did it together and everybody does it together Yeah. Um now there'd be it's probably not a fifty fifty split, but I'd be very surprised if it wasn't sort of one third, two thirds of having yeah, about mm. a third of the participants being girls. There around that time though, there were also would have around when you were playing, um uh, there would have also have been girls playing in junior competitions. Um Where up until under thirteen, girls could play with boys. There was there was no girls' competition or boys' competition. Um, It was just they all played together, and clearly the girls had to be better to play against and with boys uh, because they weren't playing against just other girls. Uh, But it worked. Uh, the challenge for that was, though, the really good the girls who were really good at it once they got to thirteen um, had nowhere to go. Had nowhere to go, and it was one of those ones where, I, to some extent, you understand because clubs just simply weren't, you know, they didn't. you, know, you couldn't play um, girls in an under fifteen competition because there was there were no change rooms for girls. Mm. Yeah, and 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 that's a very that's a yeah a minor thing, but uh, that was just one of those things. That I, I use the example of. Um, Probably the best Australian uh, women's Australian footballer, Erin Phillips, um, who's well, won two of the uh, the best players in the country uh, things uh, with the AFLW, which is only in its fourth season. But yeah. um, she played in under thirteen. She was the best player in her competition, not just her club as a 12-year-old uh, playing against boys and was then told, you can't play anymore. Yeah. And her father was a, um, this is pre-AFL, but, you know, her father was a, a state-level footballer, played actually a national-level football, um, and that's what she wanted to do. You know, she wanted to go and play football, but she couldn't. Yeah. Um, so she switched over to bas- to basketball, uh, played for Australia, uh, won Commonwealth Games and got medals in the Olympics and played in the, uh, the WNBA uh, in the United States um, for 10 or 15 years. And then when the AFLW, the women's AFL competition, our football competition started, she came back and said, that's what I want to do. Um, and so she'd spent her life basically playing her second favourite sport because mm. she couldn't play this sport as a woman.
0: Why do you think it is that... There seem to be so many women who can do so well across multiple sports compared to men. Mm. Do you think that's- Like, it seems from my view that it's because there are uh, smaller pools of women competing to play in those sports so that the spread of talent isn't as wide. So, the women that dominate in one sport- tend to be able to dominate in a lot of others compared to the men. If you train really hard to be in the top percent of men that can play AFL, you're not going to be able to have the body type mm. to play basketball or to, you know, play cricket, probably, you, And nor the time, right? Because training is literally- I think it's-
1: Yeah, I think there's an element of two, but I would suspect that time is probably the one because yeah. for decades- um, Men's sport has been more professional in a lit- literal sense yeah. of that they are earning more money out of it. Yeah. Therefore, I think boys specialize in a sport earlier. Uh, there'd be very few boys now, as in you know, junior footballers, for instance, who would still be playing high-level basketball or cricket or so on. they will be uh, up until about the age of 16, they possibly are, but often by the time you're 16, yeah. you've been recognised and rewarded as, well, we want you in the elite football competition. Mm-hmm. This is where you're going. You can't play cricket or basketball. Yeah. You can do it recreationally, just mucking around, but you can't play yeah. state-level cricket, state-level basketball, state-level football. Well, you're or wasting your time,
0: ball. right? Because imagine all yeah. of those hours put into the one sport focusing on that yeah. and we You would be
1: otherwise, and there's
0: so much competition that you need to have given it everything, right? Um,
1: Whereas for for women, um, if you're uh, and. I don't think there's an inherent difference between men and women from that point of view. If if you're going to be a good footballer, you're going to be a good basketballer. You're probably going to be good at a whole lot of other sports. Yeah. But for women, because of that lack of professionalism yeah. in them, um, they are not in women, but in the areas in, in the in the, yeah. in the in the sports themselves uh, that women have been able to play multiple sports yeah. for longer, um, and therefore can switch between them. Because I used to
0: get so jealous of how easy, it seemed, a lot of the girls at at jiu-jitsu had it, especially when competing in competitions, because I would show up and I would have 50 guys in my bracket. And so, the chances of me getting to, you know, winning that gold medal Mm -hmm. was close to zero. And a lot of girls would show up and they'd have three people, so they were guaranteed a medal already. But not even that, because a lot of them were still good, but they just didn't have the pull to pull from to have to compete and get through. But on top of that, they would be able to switch into other sports like judo and wrestling. And because they also had smaller portions of women- The
1: transferability of skills works.
0: Yeah, yeah. and they just do a few lessons and they're already, okay, well, you know, we'll have you compete at the Commonwealth Games. You know, because we, Australia only has ten women who yeah. are even yeah. thinking about doing it. You can already get to the Commonwealth Games. So, you would see these women just be able to switch between sports and then shoot up and take over. So, yeah, if you're a girl, if you're a young girl thinking about doing sports, man, now's the time. Because- Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a saturated market for men, it seems. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, It's you know, so difficult I, to get
1: to the top. I, I joked with you for a while when you were at high school, when you won a state title in fencing. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, you know, I was, you know, proud of that, but you said, yeah. But the other guy came second. <laughs> <laughs> you only had to because you chose yeah. a small sport in Australia. Yeah. But you also chose the least favoured weapon, you mm-hmm. know. And therefore there were very few people that you had to compete against This was sabre in yeah, fencing. Sabre in fencing. Yeah. But yeah, I remember saying to you, if you if you want to get a scholarship to a United States university, yeah. Uh, forget academics forget mainstream sports but yeah you know, do fencing yeah you know? there'll be there'll be a handful of of universities in america who would say hey we have got a national champion in saber we'll take him <laughs> so, yeah it's and you get the full ride scholarship so yeah the it's uh, that women's sport thing is um it's enviable uh, from a male point of view Uh, Do you think it will catch up? Because I imagine it will eventually. There's no no difference in some sports, like swimming, tennis, well, running, any of those athletics. Those sports where they're uh, even the highly professional ones, like tennis and golf, um, there's no advantage to being a woman playing golf or tennis in in comparison with the number of people you're competing with. There'll be the same number of young girls playing golf and tennis, as there yeah. will be young boys. But it's a um, burgeoning market, right, that's with right. those sports yeah. that are opening up, like AFL yeah. and, and- and the contact sports, which traditionally yeah. girls have been uh, less likely to play uh, because they were considered not to be feminine and so on. And those contact sports have just really opened up.
0: Man, even MMA, you know, there are oh, some yeah. girls that yeah. I was training with who were really, really good, um, but yeah, they just- Kept it kept going for a few years and they're already in competitions like one, you know, the UFC, stuff yeah, like that. And you yeah. just like the the path that they had to take to get there was so much shorter. It still required dedication and effort. Mm. But and also, I think those competitions are dying to have more women compete in them. They and are, so, they're they are much are more, more marketable.
1: Yeah. Uh, if you've got uh, men and women playing a sport, they're more marketable at the individual level in yeah. the sense that you've got companies who are going to sponsor women in a, in a sport more than they're going to sponsor men because yeah. it's new and it's different. Wow. And, um, but the other thing is from a television rights point of view as well, if you can sell a sport to both men and women, you're more likely to get television rights bumping up. So,
0: How is uh, women's cricket and uh, women's footy going in terms of numbers of viewers and spectators? Um, is yeah, it catching I mean- up?
1: It's catching up. It's still behind.
0: Yeah, uh, but it's do you think it will up. ever be par on par with males, with the male sport?
1: It's going to be a difficult one because I think there's. This is a, like we'll use the AFL, the Australian football, as a, as an example. If independently of whether you like watching men or women play sport, if you want to watch the purest version of the sport, yeah. it's probably watching women play it, mm. because they play football like men used to play it 20 years ago or like young boys and young junior teams play it now it hasn't got to that really professional strategic level um the skills are very good the fitness levels particularly amongst the women now is increasing really rapidly because you have to be that fit to compete to play the game whereas the men's game is um yeah i love watching afl football but it's it's got to the point now where every year the strategies change and it's evolving and so on. Whereas, yeah, watching that. And I watched the the first game in the AFLW, the women's last night. And I just looked and thought, I really enjoy watching this. However, it's not going to be huge on, they're not going to be paying TV studio, TV companies and things are not going to pay billions of dollars a year to have the rights to play the AFLW, whereas they will pay billions of dollars a year to have the AFL, uh, well, and that's one of those sad things that it kind of
0: makes me think, when I'm considering, do you give women equal pay to men? Y- your initial thought is that you want to say yes, but you have to think of what is equal. And yeah, if- Do the- they earn it? Well, but are the male teams bringing in- A certain amount of money. That's what I mean. Do do they, is that earning it? What is earning it? Is doing the time earning it? You know, how do you, how do you work that out? And so that's what's hard, at least with some of these things that have come up in the news recently where, you know, soccer players, women's soccer teams want equal money payment per year than as the male ones but if the male ones are getting all the spectators mm. whether
1: that's fair or not fair or whatever that's well it's where does the money come from yeah if you've got um and look I'll use the AFLW again AFLW in terms of number of spectators live at a game is doing better than I thought it would it's yeah. doing extremely well yeah and they get up to um 20,000 people going to a game now the NRL, the National Rugby League, another code of football for men, would be pleased about getting 20,000 people to a game. Not mm. that the AFLW is getting 20,000 to every game. They'll have a few games where they only get a few thousand. But if they're getting a few thousand people, and I don't even know whether they're paying now, in the first season they were free. Yeah. Uh, because they wanted to, and this is, we're in our fourth season now. Uh, the AFL, who runs both competitions the men's and the women's competition wanted to make this a community sport and wanted to encourage people to go and it was free um to attend so they're not making money out of it from a gate attendance but there will be tv companies paying for the rights to play it and so on and so but eventually if you wanted to say if i if i were a young woman wanting to play this sport and saying I want to... They're only playing a very short season as well. So, But even just a per-game thing. So why am I not being paid the same amount to play a game of AFL football as a woman, as a young man going into their first season to play as well? Uh, You've got to start to ask, well, where's the money going to come from? Yeah, The gate is going to be much smaller. The receipts from marketing, from television, from merchandising and all of those things are much smaller. So... You don't have a right to expect, even though it's your, your, your performance is equal. Yeah but as a yeah it's this is not work in a sense of you're actually doing the same job
0: well it would be kind of like me demanding a certain wage for podcasting that say the top 1% of podcasters if they're making millions yeah, of dollars nice step you know yeah, yeah and i'm saying well i'm doing mind. the same number of episodes that he is but if i can't generate the audience yeah, to exactly. to pay for the so, content and to buy my stuff then why do i necessarily deserve a certain amount yeah, of money yeah. per episode so right? it's a, it's
1: a tough one um Looking at tennis as a good example, though, whereas there are as many people, if not more, who yeah. watch women's tennis as yeah, watch men's tennis. 100%. And therefore, the women should be getting the same amount of money. Uh, yeah. So, so that's perfectly fine. Uh, but where it comes down to where the money is being generated based on popularity, um, popularity doesn't. Isn't logical. It doesn't yeah. make sense in terms of you know, the amount of effort you put in should be rewarded the same.
0: Well, and that, that's the hard thing, I guess, for the people to get their head around that equality versus equity kind of thing. It's mm. like, yeah, you're doing the same amount of time, but if it's yeah. not generating the same amount of money, Who then cares? you know, yeah. yeah, And that's not de- not in not- any
1: way denigrating the performance. Well, of just these as you guys need athletes. to
0: work out a way that generates more income, whether it's equal to men, if it's more than men, whatever, and then you get your fair share of that income that's generated, yeah. as opposed to yeah you get the same as someone else in a different system
1: mm. and look, is getting paid. Cricketers are a good example. Um, you know, Australian cricket team, The and I don't know what the numbers are uh, in a sense of how much they're earning, but there's a limited number of players uh, in Australia who will get contracts with Cricket Australia. That is, they will get paid to just be contracted, to be available to play for Australia. Yeah. And obviously, only 12 of them can ever play at one time in any one game, and one of them is not going to even play. They're sitting on the sideline. Um, but those men, I think, are earning somewhere in the order of a million dollars a year uh, just to be signed. Yeah. Uh, they will obviously earn more with um, endorsements and you know, game fees and, and sponsor- yeah. all those sort of things. I have no idea what the uh, women's players are being paid, but I'd be very surprised if they were earning even close to a tenth of that. Yeah, purely on the on the basis of of numbers. However, when you also look at it uh, from the perspective of individual performers i think yeah you know, we've got arguably two or three of the top three or four women players in the world uh, in playing in cricket one of whom i think is australia's best sports person um elise perry and hey elise i know you're not going to watch this but mm. i'll um, uh, call you out uh, absolutely sensational cricketer she plays as a she's a batter she's a bowler brilliant fielder um, but she's also played soccer for australia in a world cup yeah Yeah. how many people have scored a goal in a world cup in a world cup finals uh match for any club any any team anywhere in the world but have also is arguably the best player in another sport yeah so she's sensational but and, yeah, she's marketable as well, um, but I guarantee you she's not earning a tenth of what your average male player is earning in Australia. Yeah. And that's purely on the basis of- Audience. Audience. Yeah. And it's unreasonable. I, frankly, I would much rather go and watch her play cricket than most of the men play cricket. Well,
0: I guess you have to, you know, get the word out there and try and yeah. see if
1: the audience shifts.
0: But, yeah. yeah, it is It is like voting with your feet. But right? it's getting
1: there. It's-, it's uh, If we look at what's happened over the last four or five years, uh, I can now watch the AFLW game on television. Yeah. Uh, I can watch the women's cricket on television. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Five years ago, that was just not possible. And so we're now getting more public interest and therefore media is more likely to cover them. So how do you
0: see it shifting in the future? Do you, do you see it changing much or do you think it'll just continue at a steady rate of, of what's going on at the moment or do you think it's going to garner much, much, much more I, interest?
1: I think it will creep closer to the men's yeah. sports. Yeah. Uh, but some sports, that's different. You know, swimming is a good example of that. I think over the years, if you look at, you know, certainly in my life of being a swimmer and following swimming, I think Australia has had far more famous women swimmers than men swimmers yeah 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 ian thorpe is clearly the most famous australian male swimmer in your time and grant hackett and grant hackett probably but then once you get down to the third or the fourth it'll be difficult but i could probably name 10 women who are swimming at the same time who are winning gold medals and and so on but that's in a sport that is extremely popular in australia from a television watching point of view but They don't get huge crowds. Many, most swimming pools don't have big stadiums to go and watch them. Yeah. Um, But so it's one of those weird ones where, you know, every second year, whether we have an Olympic Games or a Commonwealth Games coming up and we have Australian trials and things, then the Australian trials for swimming will be on television. Yeah. Athletics? No. The National Australian Athletics Championships, they're never going to be on television. Is uh, it just because it's too boring or <laughs> like, what's the reason there? Well, I think it takes a long time. You know, athletics Championships will go over three or four days. It takes a long time to actually have anything happen. Uh, but there's just not an interest in it. But come mm-hmm. the Olympics, everybody wants to watch it. So it's Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's isn't. It, it's a strange one
0: with the Olympics and everyone being obsessed with yeah. the swimming, but they're not giving a shit for the rest of the year. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, any
1: time there are national or whatever yeah. competitions on, no one's really watching but it. It's not televised. Go or- back 20 years. Who was the most famous person in Australia? Cathy Freeman. Yeah. An Australian female athlete. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So Especially coming up to the 2000 Olympics yeah, in Sydney, exactly. right? You yeah, Yeah. Moving on, I guess um, other stuff in the news was that can- Canberra has legalised cannabis. It has. Yay. About I know. So, we Catch can- Catch up, states. I think we, we have 50 grams of dry cannabis per person, 150 grams of wet cannabis. So, undried. Four plants per house. Legalization conflicts, though, with the Commonwealth laws prohibiting possession of cannabis. So, it's still prohibited to use. It's still a prohibited substance, but you're allowed to have it at least based on um, state or territory laws. Mm. So, it is one of these confusing things. I think it's the same in the US where they've legalized it. Where it's a lot of states have. states now. But and the, the states won't chase yeah. after you, but the, the country will. The federal, or in this case, Commonwealth yeah. l- laws still prohibit
1: it, so they can come after you for it. They can, it. but there's nobody to actually catch you. Yeah. Because the Australian Federal Police don't have the jurisdiction to go and bang you on doors to, you know, decide whether you're smoking marijuana yeah, yeah, or not. It's, it's a very um, weird thing, isn't it? It's a weird one. So. so, yeah, you're allowed to have it. Yeah. I think you're allowed first- to grow it. You're just not allowed to have acquired it <laughs> yeah. or like acquired it rather and from someone. you're not someone. allowed to use it. <laughs> yeah, it's a very weird situation. Uh, although I think you know, I, was, I might have been reading yesterday that the first medicinal marijuana um, selling has just opened in Melbourne. Yeah. A place that you can get it under prescription. Um, Invest so. in that stuff. That's going to
0: boom oh, well, in the next few know, years here. Look
1: what look what's happened in some of the states in the United States. Well, was Colorado, up- after 12 months, where they put a tax on it yeah. to make money, and they had put a cap on that because they'd said, we're going to earn whatever it was in yeah. tax out of that. They earned more than that, and they were paying tax back to their citizens <laughs> on the basis that they were earning more money than they said well, they were going to. That's
0: it. It's, it's crazy. So, like in the US, apparently it's- two-thirds of cigarette sales, where cigarettes make up about $80 billion a year of sales in the US, and cannabis is now about 50 to $55 billion a year. Um, so, it's one of those things where I'm, I'm sure a lot of listeners won't be necessarily pro-drugs or using drugs themselves, but I would say that there's an argument to be had that at least if it's legalised, we can tax it, and you can take whatever that is, 10 or 20% off the top of $50 billion in the US. It would obviously be a bit less here, but you can put that towards anything else, education, hospitals, roads,
1: schools, whatever. You're taking crime off the streets. Yeah. Because if you're making it illegal, then people will be doing it illicitly. Yeah. They'll be selling it illicitly and therefore they are more likely to be committing other crimes in order to be able to do it so it's a bizarre one yeah that whole yeah. war on crime war on drugs thing uh, and you know not picking on americans particularly but well, you should you know, we should we spend billions yeah. of dollars a year with the war on drugs 95 percent of which is trying to prosecute people for smoking marijuana not mm, even yeah. selling it and there has never been a an established instance of somebody dying from smoking marijuana.
0: Yeah. Well, especially in the case of <laughs> marijuana, I remember watching <laughs> watching a few docos on, on cannabis when I- and I'll admit it to you guys, I've used it in the past um, recreationally. It's, it's one of those things that's kind of hard to justify using today because I just have too much to do. <laughs> it's just, you end up sort of, you know, ve- out. vegging out, mm-hmm. wanting to eat and yeah, so it's, it's very difficult. G'day mate. That was the first half of this episode of The Goss. If you would like to continue watching or continue listening to this episode, make sure that you sign up for the premium podcast or academy memberships at aussieenglish.com.au where you will get full access to these entire episodes of this series and much, much more. You can go check that out using the links below or just go to aussieenglish.com.au. Once again, Thank you so much for joining me, mate, and I will see you next time. Peace.